The following audio is from Life Centre Church. For more information, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. This is our first ever Good Friday service as a church. It's something that we um, are really blessed and uh, excited that we get to do. Um, And so this morning, our service is going to be a little bit different to what we would normally do on a Sunday morning. Um, What we're going to be doing, basically, is just as a church, reading through Matthew 27. And uh, a few of the guys, Jared, Jared, and Michael, are going to just lead us in. He's going to reflect on some of those passages, reflect on um, what has just been read out. And then they're going to lead us in prayer, and that's going to be interspersed with some worship. So it'll be uh, a, a lot of singing and a lot of Bible and a lot of prayer this morning, which is really great. Um, the idea behind it is that we kind of want to, as we finish this morning, we want to leave it hanging. We want to uh, we want to linger at the tomb, so to speak. We want to uh, let it resonate with us that this is what happened, and then there was uh, three days of. Of silence, three days where uh, Jesus remained in that tomb, and we we want to leave that intentionally so that we can come to church on Sunday morning and celebrate the wonderful news that He is risen, that He truly is alive right now, um, and that's going to be really wonderful on Sunday morning to do that together as a church. Awesome. Let me let me pray, and then we'll um, I'll hand over to to Jared to kick us off. Almighty God, look with mercy on us, your family, your people, your children. Jesus, you were willing to be betrayed for our sake. You were willing to be given into the hands of sinners and to suffer death upon the cross. And you now live and you reign. Jesus, you reign with God the Father. You reign with the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we ask this morning as we spend this time reading your word, reflecting on it, speaking to you, singing to you, singing these truths, we ask, Holy Spirit, for you to lead us in worship. Guide us this morning. Raise our hearts, Lord to the truth and reality of what, what, of what you did on that Good Friday all those years ago. We thank you for this, Jesus. Amen. All right, good morning, everyone. We're just going to open this morning with Isaiah chapter 53. Who, ha- who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of a dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone who people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. Yet he himself bore our sicknesses and carried our pains, but in turn we regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquities of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a a sheep silent before her shearers, he did not open his mouth. 
He was taken away because of oppression and judgment, and who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of my people's rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, but he was with a rich man at his death, because, because he has done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. When you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed and he will prolong his days. And by his hand, the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. After his anguish, he will see the light and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will carry their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him the many as my portion and he will receive the mighty as spoil because he willingly submitted to death and was counted among the rebels. Yet he bore the sins of many and interceded for the rebels. Good morning, everyone. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 27, verses 1 to 14. When daybreak came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. After tying him up, they led him away and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that Jesus had been condemned, was full of remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. I have sinned by betraying innocent blood, he said. What's that to do with us, they said. See to it yourself. So they threw the silver into the temple and departed. Then he went and hanged himself. The chief priests took the silver and said, it's not permitted to put it into the temple treasury since it is blood money. They conferred together and bought the potter's field with it as a burial place for foreigners. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. They took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him whose price, sorry, the price of him whose price was set by the Israelites, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. Now Jesus stood before the governor. Are you the king of the Jews? The governor asked him. Jesus answered, "You say so." While he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he didn't answer. Then Pilate said to him, "Don't you hear how much they are testifying against you?" But he didn't answer, but he didn't answer him on even one charge, so that was so that the governor was quite amazed. So look, I mean, um, I'm, as, as we read that passage, um, we're all going to sort of see different things, and, and certain things are going to um, sort of stand out to us and maybe uh, prick our hearts. Um, but over the last couple of weeks, I've just been pondering over this passage, and there's two things that I just wanted to reflect on um, and, and do that together. Uh, the first one was our own sin and need for a saviour, um, and the second being our need for true repentance. Um, so firstly, um, our own need for a saviour. Uh, verse 4 reads, Judas says, I have sinned and betrayed innocent blood. Um, he realised his own sin. Um, and I d I'm sort of just thinking through it. It was just so apparent to me how easy it was for me to look down my nose potentially at Judas and just go, how could you, um, at, at his betrayal of Jesus. Uh, and yet, have we not all betrayed Jesus? And have we not all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? Um, we are all guilty before God of the universe. Um, we've all sinned. We've all betrayed God. 
Um, and if it wasn't for the work of Jesus, his death, resurrection, and his innocent blood, um, we wouldn't be made right with God. Um, and so it is by the shedding of his innocent blood that we are made right. And so praise God that he sent his son, as we are all sinners. Um, and secondly, it was our need for true repentance. Um, we see also um, in verse 4, um, sort of accepting that he had done wrong. Um, and verse 3 mentions about that he was remorseful. Um, but he doesn't actually repent of his sin. Um, he says, I've sinned and I've betrayed innocent blood. And then he returns the silver. He appears remorseful. Um, but he ends up just wallowing in his guilt, self-pity, and ultimately takes his life. Um, and this is very different to repentance, and repentance looks very different. Um, repentance is often translated through the Bible as sort of turning or returning, um, in that it's turning back to God and turning from our sin. Um, and so repentance will come with sorrow, um, but rather than sitting in that sorrow and being and wallowing in it, um, in our own consequences of our sin, we're to turn to God instead. Uh, we don't want to just wallow in our guilt and shame, as Jesus has actually made a way. And instead, we come to God with our sin, we take it to the cross, we lay it at the finished work of Jesus, and we turn to him. We turn to Jesus, not intending to go on sinning, and, but, and we're not just remorseful, but we repent. So let us now pray, repent for our sin, um, turn to God again, and thank him for his finished work. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you are triune, and we pray, um, knowing that your Holy Spirit prays the prayers that we ought to pray. Um, we, you are just so wonderful, and we thank you that no matter our week, um, that you are what we need. We thank you, Jesus, for your finished work on the cross and the forgiveness of our sins. We thank you that whilst we're still sinners, you died for us, and you've made us in right standing with you. We thank you that you've given us your word, that we can reflect and read and pray through it this morning. Um, we reflect today that we once again realize our need for a saviour. And whether we've had a terrible week full of sin, Father, we just pray that, or, or whether we've had a wonderful week and we are therefore full of self-righteousness, we pray that you would please forgive us. Um, and we just ask that you'd forgive us of our sin and pride. Lord, we ask that you would help us to come to you with repentant hearts, hearts that are turning from sin and turning to you. Holy Spirit, help us not to just merely be remorseful for what we've done, um, but rather turn us in, uh, and help us in true repentance. Help us, Father, to come to you, laying our sin at the cross once again. Father, we pray and thank you that as we repent and bring our sins consciously to you again this Good Friday, you are good and just to forgive us because of Jesus' finished work on the cross on our behalf. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. I'm just going to be following on in Matthew 27, uh, 15 to 26. At the festival, the governor's custom was to release to the crowd a prisoner they wanted. At the time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Who is it that you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who was called Christ? For he knew it was because of envy that they handed him over. While he was sitting on the judge's bench, his wife sent word to him, have nothing to do with that righteous man, for today I've suffered terribly in a dream because of him. The chief priests and the elders, however, persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and to execute Jesus. The governor asked them, which of the two do you want me to release for you? 
Barabbas, they answered. Pilate asked them, what should I do then with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all answered, crucify him. Then he said, why, what has he done wrong? But they kept shouting all the more, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that a riot was starting instead, he took some water, washed his hands in front of the crowd and said, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. All of the people answered, his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them and after having Jesus flogged, handed him over to be crucified. Um, so I'm just going to give some reflections on the passage that Alex just read. Um, uh, Jimmy sort of um, brought this to us a few weeks ago when um, it was possible that he would be still in Nepal if his plane got delayed, so he left us with this responsibility, which is exciting and nerve-wracking. Um, but he's uh, given us a few weeks to, I guess, think over the passage and, and see what God has um, laid on our hearts to share um, with you all. Um, so as I've read through it, I... Um, I couldn't help but think of our own depravity as a human race. Um, we're so broken and such sinful people that we would crucify a sinless man who'd done nothing wrong um, and we'd let a murderer walk free, um, Barabbas. We're such broken and sinful people that the religious leaders of the time, the ones who were meant to be righteous and holy, they were the ones who persuaded the crowd to crucify Jesus, who himself was holy, righteous and blameless. I cannot help but think that I would have done something different if I were there, foolishly. Um, I think I'd like to think that I would have spoken up and intervened to try to stop what was going on, but I think the truth is uh, I probably would have just faded into the background under the excuse I'm just trying to protect myself or my family, not wanting to risk it. And even worse, I may have even gone along with it and, and been there shouting, crucify him like the rest mm. of them, just so that people wouldn't know. Um, I look at times in my own life where I've had opportunities to share the gospel, and I'm sure it's the same with just everyone here, and, and yet I stay silent and, and I don't risk it and, and, and put myself out there. And It's almost like I don't, we don't want to be associated with Jesus Christ and Christianity at times. Um, it really makes us wonder what, yeah, what, what, what's, we're so broken, what's, what's wrong with us that we don't want to um, associate with Jesus. But um, despite all this, um, and despite our brokenness and our sin and the fact that we don't deserve it, deserve it Jesus died on the cross for our sin. Um, and um, well, let's, let's pray. Definitely, Father, we thank you that you love us so much that you sent your son to die for our, our forgiveness. We pray that we pray for our depravity and our sinful flesh, dear Heavenly Father. We ask that you would help us to see the sin in our lives and that you would refine us to become more and more like you. We pray that you would continually remind us of how deeply you love us, that you would remind us of what you did on that cross thousands of years ago. Thank you, dear God. We love you. Amen. Amen. Matthew 27, verses 27 to 44 reads, Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the governor's residence and gathered the whole company around him. They stripped him and dressed him in a scarlet robe. They twisted together a crown of thorns, put it on his head and placed a staff in his right hand. 
And they knelt down before him and mocked him, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him, took the staff and kept hitting him on the head. After they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe, put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they found a Cyrenian man named Simon. They forced him to carry the cross. When they came to a place called Golgotha, which meant place of the skull, they gave him wine mixed with gall to drink, but when he tasted it, he refused to drink it. After crucifying him, they divided his clothes by casting lots. Then they sat down and were guarding him there. Above his head, he put up the charge against him in writing, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two criminals were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. Those who passed by were yelling insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, Save yourself if you can. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him and said, He saved others, but he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and let God rescue him now. And we will believe in him if he takes pleasure in him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, even the criminals who were crucified with him taunted him. Yeah, so same as the other guys who have sort of been really reflecting, particularly on this passage over the last couple of weeks. Um, For me, I grew up in a Christian home, going to a Christian school, going to Sunday every week. So I've probably heard about the cross over a thousand times and I think in that I can something myself anyway can take for granted some of the the finer details in this passage and skip just straight through to the resurrection even in the text we just read you can easily skip past the most excruciating part the start of verse 35 after crucifying him three key words between two sentences that I missed the first time I read it Crucifixion was capital punishment for the worst of the worst. He was literally hanging off timber, only being held by nails through his hands and his feet. How much hatred must they have had towards him? Jesus was God, but he was also fully human, meaning he felt every bit of the physical pain. He even refused the sour wine as pain relief, so he definitely would have felt every bit of it. Every thorn in his head every strike from the staff, and every nail put through his hands and his feet. But it wasn't just the physical pain that he endured as a human, but also the emotional abuse and pain he must have felt as well. He came to save us, but was rejected, mocked, and left alone on the cross. Surely he must have felt so lonely up there. No one stood up for Jesus while all this took place. No one in the crowd... None of the elders, scribes, or chief priests, even the two criminals who were dying next to him, mocked him while they were up there dying as well. 
I'd love to think some of us, or myself, might have stood up for Jesus in this time. But how often do we keep our face to ourselves in our everyday life? And we live in a time and a country where we're not going to be persecuted for our faith. Jesus knew that we would reject, mock and crucify him. But he loves us so much that he still went, suffered and died on the cross for every one of us. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that we can uh, spend this time this morning reflecting on this, Lord. And um, I'm sorry, yeah, that I've taken for granted um, the pain and the suffering you went through, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you you love us so much, that you knew that we were going to mock you, we were going to reject you, Lord, and crucify you. Yet you still came down to this earth, Lord, to, to love on us, to heal us, and to give us eternal life, Lord. And even for us, as we, we sin day to day, Lord, and you, you still love each one of us, Lord, and, and you, you love the people that are still rejecting you, Lord, and you, you still, they still have an opportunity to turn to you, Lord, and we thank you for that, Lord. So we thank you again, Lord, um, and the love that you have for each one of us. Amen. Uh, Matthew 27, verse 45 to 56. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lima sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he is calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a stick and offered him a drink. But the rest said, let's see if Elijah comes to save him. But Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. Suddenly the curtain of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. The tombs were also opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And they came out of the tombs after, after his resurrection, entered the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those with him who were keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they were terrified and said, truly this man was the son of God. Many women who had followed Jesus from Galilee and looked after him were there watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of Zebedee's sons. All right, have you got half an hour? Because there's a lot there. (laughs) Um, obviously there's so many things we could reflect on from this passage um, but the one that um, just sort of stuck out with me over the last fortnight um, was the fact that the curtain of the temple was torn Um, I just couldn't move past how utterly wonderful it was that the curtain was torn Um, I was thinking that I just couldn't think of a better way for God to show us physically how our relationship between us and him changed um, with the death of Jesus Um, Prior to Jesus' finished work, um, the high priest, after extensive preparation, was able to enter the Holy of Holies on our behalf, not even us, once a year. Uh, One person, once a year, got to experience the presence of God. Uh, Through Jesus and his death, that barrier was broken. The curtain physically showing the separation was torn in, in two. Jesus' death completely removed the separation that we have from the presence of God. We now get to have continuous communion with God. There is nothing between us and him. 
we are able to come to him in relationship. We're able to talk with him, pray with him as we are this morning, come to be with him, and even more unbelievable, actually be indwelt by his Holy Spirit. Uh, There's nothing separating us from God, and Jesus has made the way in the tearing of the curtain at his death uh, is a physical sign of this removal of any separation between us and the presence of God. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for coming and sending us your son, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy uh, that you planned and carried out throughout the ages before the creation of the world. You weren't surprised by our sin, the sin of Adam and Eve, or our continual sin now. You knew and planned all things, and you show through your wonderful word the working out of your salvation plan for us. Lord, we thank you for the death of your son. We thank you that you sent Jesus and that him being obedient to the Father, even unto death for our sake. We thank you that you died in our place, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Thank you for giving up your life for us. We thank you for the miracle of the tearing of the curtain. Mm -hmm. We thank you for what it tells us your death has achieved, which has removed our separation from you. We thank you for your beautiful communion we now get to share, and that you get to see us spotless. Mm -hmm. We thank you that we can be in your presence this morning and pray to you, worshipping you. You are our God. We praise you for what you have done. Mm. It is in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to be reading the last of Matthew 27, 57 to 66. When it was evening, a rich man from Arethia named Joseph came, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. He approached Pilate and, and asked for Jesus' body. Then Pilate ordered that it be released. So Joseph took the body, wrapped it in clean, fine linen, and placed it in his tomb, which he had cut into the rock. He left after rolling a great stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were seated there, facing the tomb. The closely guarded tomb the next day, which followed the day of preparation. The chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, remember while the deceiver was was still alive, he said, after three days, I'll rise again. So give orders that the tomb may be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come, steal him, and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. And the last deception will be worse than the first. Take guards, Pilate told them. Go and make it secure as you know how. They went and made the tomb secure by setting a seal on the stone and placing the guards. Thanks for being with us this morning. Um, I'd encourage each of us just to today spend a bit more time reading through Matthew 27 and continue the reflection um, in preparation for for Sunday. Uh, We'll just finish with prayer. Lord, we thank you that we could be here this morning, Lord. Um, We thank you for your word, Lord, and that we're able to um, reflect on this this morning, Lord. We thank you for how much you love each and every one of us, Lord. We're, We're sorry that we constantly sin against you, Lord. Um, but you still love us and, and you knew, you knew, like we've spoken about today, that we were going to reject you, Lord, but you still loved us and died on the cross for us, Lord. Pray for us all today, Lord, that we will continue to reflect on the massive sacrifice you, you took for us, Lord. But Lord, we also thank you, Lord, that that isn't the end of the story, Lord. Um, and we pray for Sunday, Lord, um, that we can continue to reflect on that, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this podcast from Life Center Church, located on the Sunshine Coast. We exist to make, mature, and multiply disciples and communities that depend upon, declare, and display the gospel of Jesus Christ in all of life. If you would like more information about us, please visit lifecenterchurch.com.au. We provide our podcasts free of charge. Please feel free to download the content and share it with others, but please do not edit or alter the content in any way without the written permission from the leadership of LCC.